Hello, everybody. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and welcome to Girl Club. Yep, that means it's Saturday morning, and we are live. I'm actually in Franklin, Tennessee, and joining me today, it's it, Girl Club is going to be Christina Reynolds and I today. So let's just welcome Christina from Kansas City. Hey, Hi, guys. Christina. Hello. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here. Exactly. So for, for all of you Girl Club regulars, you know that um, Christina Boudreaux and Nova Page are also a part of the regular crew here at Girl Club, but they're kind of off doing some personal stuff today. So Christina and I are going to uh, charge forward with really intentionally kind of uh, wrapping up the conversation we started last week where we were really dealing with all kinds of all kinds of stuff, you know, you guys, and most of it concerns identity and your belief in your identity or your inability, you know, to embrace your identity. And all of it causes us to actually not be able to walk in our calling in life. And um, I guess before we charge in and deal with um, spirits of rejection, mocking spirits, um, some things that I brought up last week, Christina, how's your week been? Oh, it's been good. It's been heavy, but it's been really good. Um, yeah, this issue of identity is so important. And I'm seeing it all around me in my friends and my family members. And I feel like since we talked about it, it's just kind of in my face at the forefront of the importance of being rooted and grounded in knowing your identity. So yeah. I'm glad that we're talking about it today. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is <laughs> it's like, one of, I think, the challenges I noticed this week, and I, and I hope for, for some of you guys watching, I asked you to kind of be a noticer. Hi, Eileen Thompson. I'm saying hi to a couple of people are giving shout outs. So as you guys kind of settle in, get out a pen and a paper, because you'll want to take notes on this. But, you know, I was asking you guys last week to kind of be a noticer of the things that you feel come against your identity uh, spirits that make you feel rejected or in some way abandoned and to be a noticer of your reaction or your behavior toward them. And it's really interesting because I noticed this week that I tend to go right. Well, it depends on where the attack is kind of coming from. Um, I don't know about you, Christina, but whenever it's something it's interesting. Whenever Roger's involved, I kind of go right to being a little bit like snippy or angry with him. My husband, that's my husband. And that, and I really noticed this week, like, what is that? You know, why is the answer not just no? Why is it no? And I've told you this a thousand times. And normally it is. I've I told you this a thousand times, or I've asked you this a thousand times, or you've known me a long time. And I you know, I always like red or I always like it pink or <clears throat> whatever it is. And it's sort of like this lack of patience, you know, I think really kind of gets yeah. me off my game. I don't know. Do you ever find yourself getting impatient with CJ? Oh my gosh. All the time. <laughs> it's like the one thing that I'm like, Oh God, please help me because it's really actually not even him. It's just my own frustration. He's the easiest target. So Yes, I think anyone who's married can um, relate to that. I hope they can, or, or you, or you and I are like the only two, and we're awful. I don't think, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's the case. No. Well, listen, you guys, um, a lot of behavioral stuff 
comes out of dealing with the spirit of rejection. And um, I think we process rejection in a lot of ways. And it rejection victimizes its prey by causing them to feel worthless and unwanted, um, unheard, um, overlooked. You know, uh, sometimes that spirit of rejection can cause you to feel like you've communicated what it is you want, how you want it, how you like things, how you sleep, what side of the bed you sleep on, how much coffee you want in your cup, whatever it is. But when you don't feel like you're being heard, it can cause you to go into this kind of feeling or reaction. And I'm beginning to connect it to, in a lot of ways, um, a spirit of rejection that causes a lot of things in some of our lives. Um, that spirit also employs as its partner, a spirit of self-pity and, um, Self-pity will only serve to drive people away and allow abandonment and isolation to move in. So it's sort of this whole kind of world of spirits uh, and attacks that kind of hold hands to knock you out. Well, a spirit of rejection will taunt you with one failure after the next in the hopes that you'll just say, I give up. I throw in the towel. I'm done. I'm out. But here's the answer. Don't give up. Do you have a spirit of rejection at work in your life? Everybody, I promise you, experiences rejection at some time, but we're going to discuss 10 potential indicators of a demonic spirit at work, right? So there's feeling a spirit of rejection and it can be normal. And there are times when that spirit is merited and you deal with it and you process it, you come out the other side, but there are 10 demonically empowered spirits of rejection at work and or, or indicators of a demonic, a demonically empowered spirit of rejection at work. So I just kind of want to go through them really quickly. We're going to hit on 10 of them today and, and then we're going to talk about some ways to overcome them. So 10 fruits of a spirit of rejection at work in your life would be number one, you find yourself comparing your circumstances or situations with other people and you never seem to measure up. All right, Christina, does this ever happen to you? Yes. I mean, who does this not happen to? I would like to know that person. Right. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I, it, yeah. You know, it's, and it's interesting. I think even as spiritually mature as we can be, like it, it's it, it's hard not to look at other people's circumstances and situations and then kind of look at your own and go, well, I don't measure up or, you know, why isn't it that way for me? Right. You know, right. That at the same time. I, yeah. No, go, yeah, on. Um, go on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, at the same time, I feel like it really is an indicator that there is a lack of clarity of knowing your identity because when you kind of truly discover as you get older, you know, and you start discovering like the little details about yourself and how the Lord created you, then you start to realize, oh, I could never be like them because that was never God's intention for my life. You know, so there, I think there definitely is a maturing aspect to it. So for when I was a lot younger, I dealt with that 24 seven day in, day out, you know, that was like a tormenting to me. But as I've gotten older and grown with the Lord and gotten more, you know, more clarity to who I am, I do feel like it is less of a struggle because I can go, oh, this is me. This is my lane. That's not my lane. That's for them, you know, and stand. But that that takes going to Jesus. That takes knowing him. And, 
and having him reveal who you are to yourself, you know? Identity. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it uh, a lot. You have to constantly check your identity in Christ. You know, you have to constantly know that you're okay, you know, and that uh, God has a plan and a purpose for you. And that plan and purpose for you is unique. And there's someone that's going to look at you and compare themselves to you and your circumstances and situation. And they're going to feel like they don't measure up. (laughs) That's the crazy thing is that you think that you're the one who's not measuring up. You're the one who doesn't compare when, when you look outside of yourself. But the reality is that the enemy works this in all of our lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. It's a very, it's very so common, second, very normal. <laughs> right. Right. So the second way that uh, second indicator that there's a, the fruit of a spirit of rejection at work in your life is that, and we kind of got into this last week, you feel like you missed out on life's opportunities and now it's too late. Now, look, honestly, I have to tell you, I I think this really increases with age. Because when you're in your 20s, when I was in my 20s, I didn't feel like I missed out on any of life's opportunities. I felt like it was all in front of me and I was grabbing all of them, you know, by the horn. You know, what about what about you? Christina? Do you ever ever feel like you missed out on like life's opportunities? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I spent. I spent, I feel like I spent like my most malleable years, like my best years doing drugs and partying and wasting my life. So I totally feel, I feel, I feel sad about that. Yeah. I feel like if I had, you know, been a different mindset, had like been walking with the Lord, I could have accomplished so much more. But the great thing is that like life on this earth is like a drop in the bucket and we have all eternity. And I think it's 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 like when I when I'm hearing these these things these struggles with rejection or that you're that you're talking about, to me it really is it's like what you said like you feel victimized like it is a victim mentality but the word says that we are more than conquerors so it really is a mindset you know battling these things um, because they're actually not true I would have to say in in reality no they're not that will. You know, what does the enemy come to do? To steal, deceive, and destroy. So he's stealing your joy by taunting you with this spirit that you're just rejected, kicked to the curb, life has passed you by, it's too late. And and he's deceiving you because that's not what God says about your life. You know, with Jesus, the word says you're more than a conqueror. You know, the word says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, it, 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 it's it's choosing to believe the word of God rather than the lies that the enemy speaks into your mind, oftentimes making you feel so deceived. You think it's your own voice that you're hearing, you know. Right. Um, right. And, and that that is a real strong indicator that you're not dealing with normal rejection, but you're dealing with a demonically empowered spirit of rejection that has set up a stronghold in your life. Right. There's an area of brokenness around this issue and it's important to notice it because what I think what, what we do when we talk these things out, you know, when we study the word like this and we talk out what we're going through is we, we, in essence, shine a light into the dark crevices of our lives, of your lives and go, okay, it's time to clean this out. 
you know, and the best way to clean it out is you got to identify it first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love what you're saying about like, it, it, it is an indicator of a stronghold. And, you know, to me, I think of a stronghold as just, you are believing a lie. You are investing your energy and living your life according to a lie that has been like rooted in your mind, you know, or in, in into your heart, honestly. And, and I think, I think I learned that from your husband, Roger, which is why I've gone through extensive inner healing. And, yeah, you know, it really does take that day in, day out going, I choose not to believe that as well. It, it's, it's really true, Christina. It, it's almost like, I mean, for me, when I notice something is on a recurring loop or a pattern, then I know I'm like, okay, there's some brokenness here, or there's just the enemy attacking and trying to tap into an area of brokenness that I know is healed. So I know how to take authority over this. I'm going to speak the word at this until this taunting and tormenting goes away. And, you know, and, and oftentimes I've got to lock myself away for that process because if I, if I try to take it around other people, I'm going to, I'm going to take them hostage or victim to my own stuff. And then they're going to get hurt or wounded or upset or I'm going to sabotage something that's valuable to me, you know? Right. Right. You know, this next, this next one, number three, uh, is amazing. Actually. Um, it's pretty crazy. So you know that you're dealing with a demonically empowered spirit of rejection when no amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your own worth. That's heavy. That's heavy. It's heavy because I really, I mean, there was definitely a time in my life where my cousin, actually my cousin Dion, she used to convince me and try to build me up so much because I I had so, such low self-esteem, you know, um, on the outside, I didn't look like it. You know, I realized that in hindsight on the outside to everybody else, I looked successful and like, I was very confident And in some ways I was, but deep down inside self-worth was something that I only found in Christ. When I changed my life and literally looked at any sin in my life and went, no, I choose to lay down the world, all these trappings, anything to serve Jesus. That's when I began to get confident. You know, um, that's when I began to feel self-worth, which is really interesting because my cousin Dion used to tell me all the time, Sin, you're fantastic. You're great. You're smart. You're pretty. You're this, you're that. And I would hear her. And in moments of like feeling fly or whatever, I would even believe it or think I was or put it out there as if I was. But the reality is that no amount of encouragement you know, convinced me of my worth. None, because my actions were still saying I didn't love myself. My actions were still giving myself away. You know, my actions were still about um, low self-esteem. Yeah. You know? Wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) No, I'm, and I've, I've totally experienced that as well. It's like when you're really going through it and you're really being bombarded by all these lies of, you know, or just feel, yeah, like that low self-esteem, that depression, it really doesn't matter what people say. 
because you know the power of their words yes there is power in people's words for sure but not enough to change a core identity and something like i said like we talked about earlier about that lie like when you start believing in it it's it's almost like you're investing in it and you're making it stronger and stronger and stronger and it's like they can't crack that that was put there by you internalized and it really does come like you said your actions you have to live differently and you have to you have to speak life you have to agree with the word of god and like it, it really is a battle so i don't want to minimize anyone's pain or struggle because it really is so difficult but it's more than possible to be free you know yeah no it, it yeah for sure i i just you know i i'm finding myself sitting here going okay well when i when when roger and i say to you how talented you are you know, how great your music is or what have you. Do, do, do you believe it? Like, is there a part of you that no, struggles I, with hearing? Yes. There I'm just is curious because I'm like, yeah, there is. I mean, I think in general, I think, actually, I think that's a great indicator for, you know, each and every one of you out there. Like if someone compliments you or encourages you, is it hard to receive? And I want to know, Cynthia, why is it what does that indicate when it's hard to receive encouragement or compliments or praise? Like, I want to know. And it, for me, I think it's because I'm like, no, I'm not that, you know, I'm not that great. So I think there is a little bit of self-hatred there. You don't know your value, but do you, could you think there's also maybe like a false humility or something where in the church we can't be good because I don't know. I'm just throw, I'm throwing this out there. No, I love I love what you're throwing out there. I I do think that's an interesting question. You know, it, I probably have a, a a little bit less of it than you do because you really are. You know, at the International House of Prayer, you're in a large church system organization as a worship leader, and I mean, do you actually feel that if you are confident in your worth? that you're not being humble or godly. No, I don't. I don't believe that anymore. I would say though, and no one tells you that, that that's what you're supposed to think, but I think it is somehow picked up or learned, you know? Yeah. A learned I, behavior. Yeah, I, I do. I do. Cause I, I, it's like, it's interesting, you know, cause I'm thinking about this, you, you know, how patient we have to be with each other like if you're dealing with someone who's struggling with, you know, not being convinced of their worth, no matter how much you compliment them, you probably at times are tempted to become impatient. Like, why don't they get it? Or I told them that, or why don't they change this? Or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, the reality is it's probably because this, this feeling has become demonically empowered, you know, for whatever reason. Right. And I, I think it could be different reasons for different people. You know, Christina's like, could be that you don't feel that you're humble if you, you know, if you receive, you know, encouragement or praises or accolades, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that could be something that the church puts on some people, uh, almost a, a spirit of, um, well, you know, I think there's sometimes a spirit of judgment or, you know, an inability to be excellent in the kingdom of God. Yeah. You it, yeah. it, it, right. I mean, scripture says we're supposed to, you know, do everything as unto the Lord. 
Well, I mean, if you're a singer songwriter, don't you want to be the best you can be because you're doing yeah. it as unto the Lord? Right. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. You know, I, I, listen, I mean, even, even that will, that's convicting in and of itself because what are you doing for the Lord? And I mean, this as a general question for all of us, right? Do, is there something that we're doing for the Lord that we kind of, we can roll out of bed and go, we can put it on really easily. I, I know, you know, for me, um, you know, I could literally turn over, go to a TV studio, get on camera and host a talk show, you know, but for this kind of a format, you know, I have to actually work. I have to, I have to study. I have to be prepared for my relationship with the Lord in order for it to mean anything to all of you. So that scripture is a real big one, right? Like do everything as unto the Lord, as if you're serving Christ, you know, for me on girl club, I I want to do this as if I'm serving Christ alone. It doesn't have anything to do with anybody else watching or really, I mean, I want everyone to be impacted. I want people to grow in their relationship with the Lord. I want you to walk in authenticity, but at the end of the day, I think we're here, Christina and I, um, and Nova and, and Christina Boudreaux, because we love the Lord, you know, and we want to make, make the most of our relationship with him and in loving him, it helps us to love others, you know, and want more for others. So yeah, anyway, it, that's a pretty deep one, you know, because um, I do know what this is about. No amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your worth. You know, well, I hope I hope you know how much you're worth. You know, Christina, all of you, I hope all of us know how much we're worth. We're certainly worth a high price to Christ. He died for us. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's like it's. It's almost like you have to just break it down every day to that, like, break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Oh, I'm worth a lot. Jesus died for me. Right. Right. And at the same time, I also, something that I've noticed as I've gotten older as well is like, what, I had to start questioning myself. What was I feeding myself with? Like, what, how was, why, why was I defining success or being great or be, or having value on this one definition, you know what I mean? I had to really challenge myself to like really take inventory of what I was consuming. Cause I hands down, I tell you what, if you spend, and I've, I'm so like guilty of this. If the first thing you do when you wake up is like scroll social media or check your likes or whatever, whatever it is that is fueling that. If that's the first thing that you do, how are you going to break out of that cycle? How are you going to believe anyone? If they say something different, it's like, like our input is very important. And I think I, I don't even know the, the, the statistic, but the amount of input that we get on a daily basis with notifications, billboards, television, everything at, you know, at the touch of it, at the touch of our phones, we have access to everything. I think in marketing right now, this was two years ago, so it might even like raise, but I think in order to even get someone to notice you, you have to get in front of them 29 times. In, ter- in terms of advertisement, that's wow. how overloaded we are. So e- even I'm like, I've been trying really hard to be like, I have to get in that place with the Lord. Yeah. He, I have to let him fill me so yeah. that I don't have as much room to fill myself with all this other crap. 
It's that so, is twisting my mindset, you know? Christine, it's so crazy what you're saying. So crazy good because honestly, there's so much being communicated to you, so many words being spoken to you, even nonverbally. Right. right? Pictures. Pictures, right? Images. They're so powerful. Music. Think about the music you listen to. What, what, what are the lyrics of your favorite song that you're listening to all the time right now? If it's right now, no, anybody, you, you anybody, if it's a worship song, great. You're, you're, you're in a great place. But I think about sometimes you get your favorite secular song on loop or whatever. And, and I thought about this because we were driving back from Atlanta to um, Nashville a couple days ago, my husband and I and um, our adopted son, Mario. And um, because he came to visit and um, I was putting on, he's like put on old school, some old school jams. Right. So I think I started with like, I don't know, like Michael Jackson. Right. And then, you know, Earth, Wind and Fire and the Isley Brothers, uh, Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, old school jams. Well, it's interesting. By the time I kind of got to some more current music, I realized, oh my gosh, how is it possible to have self-worth when in all honesty, the music 20 years ago, like that I used to listen to, was more about you're so beautiful and I love you so much and how can I court you? Today- (laughs) It's disgusting. Like, yeah. It's I was like, just listening to it. I was just listening to a song the other day and I was like, I can't even listen to this. This is so degrading to women. Gross. Right. So when all this negativity is spoken over you, you're getting 29 times more marketed and branded than you are with the word of God and positivity spoken over you. So no wonder no amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your self-worth. Right. You're literally building one muscle. The other one's totally weak. And that's why it's like for some of you who are with us today, I just want to encourage you to start changing playgrounds and playmates because there's the, the Holy Spirit's really saying to me, like, there's a lot of you that have friends and relationships that are toxic to your soul. They are speaking death over your life and you're holding hands with them in covenant with them. No wonder you are insecure. No wonder you can't figure out what your calling or your purpose is. No wonder you feel confused about your identity. You don't have an identity except the one that's being communicated to you and cursing you, really. You know, whether it's spoken or non-spoken, verbal or non-verbal, because those images, Christina, I mean, look, that's why I think there's so, you know, it's funny the other day, um, you know, in reaction to what's going on in the world, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've noticed that there are black models now everywhere on boards <laughs> and ad campaigns and blah, blah, blah. Well, when I was growing up, there weren't, you know, the definition of beauty was not me, you know, and I think about it now. I still, I don't see a ton of girls on magazine covers and, you know, in lead roles that look like you, you know, no. Yeah. Like none. <laughs> right. So if all of this is what we're being communicated, 
How do we, how can we be convinced of our worth, but Jesus? Right. The only way to combat all that negativity is to fight it with something so much more powerful and so much more victorious. That's it. And the only thing more powerful and victorious than the negative communications and, 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 uh, you know, language that's being spoken over your life verbally and non-verbally every day is the word of God. And if you're not arming yourself with the word of God in your mouth to speak life over your own life, no wonder you don't think you're worth anything. Right. You know, what's crazy though, Cynthia, is that I think there's something about the human heart or at least what, I don't know. I, I won't, say this as a blanket statement, but something that I have kind of noticed um, in the span of my life of like just with friendships, relationships, my own life is that, you know, what you're saying is so easy, but there's something in us that just loves the darkness. You know, that's John one, like we love the darkness over the light. And like, there's something about it that feels like you can't part with that comparison. Like you can't part with it. You know what I mean? So it's like once you take that leap of faith and you just kind of bare your teeth and go to the word, it's like there's freedom. But that initial step, there's there's something about humanity where we just don't want to let go from the thing that's like terrorizing us, you know? Do you think it's because we feel more comfortable with our dysfunction? Oh, t- totally. I mean, hey, yeah. if you're if you're spending 90% of your time doing this one bad thing, it's going to take a lot to turn to take that big turn to the thing that's going to benefit you, you know? So for sure, getting out of your comfort zone, feeling the pain of fighting, you know, like putting up a fight. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Comfort. Comfort is, I think, one of the greatest, uh, or what is it? Is it, I'm trying to think of, it's actually a quote. Someone said it. But comfort is like one of the greatest uh, enemies of like the greatest, like greater. Wow. Or something like that. Wow. You that's... get comfortable and then you never push past your comfort zone to go for the best. You're just, I'm going to sit here in my poop. It's okay. It's warm. It's squishy. <laughs> but you know what I'm oh, saying? Totally know what you're saying. You get so complacent with mediocrity that you never strive for more. And then you give yourself right. excuses in the mediocrity to stay where you are. And, and I, honestly, mm-hmm. you guys, I want to encourage you. Like, we are daughters of a king. Our God is alive. He's a living God. The Holy Spirit is ours. He's our inheritance. He's here. He's here with us. And the Holy Spirit is alive. And if you don't really know scripturally what you need to know about the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to start to really explore and study the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, because you have someone that is a helper to you every day and they're trying to, you know, I I believe if you're even listening to this, it's because the Holy Spirit is working on you to try to get you out of where you are and push you to where you're going and where you're going is better. It's better. We weren't born for mediocrity and that's a choice only you can make. It really is. You can have excuses. Sure. We all have excuses. I mean, you know, I have a ton of excuses for not striving for more or taking a chance and trying something I've never done before or feeling like, you know, uh, feeling no self-worth. 
I have a ton of excuses. I was sexually abused as a little girl, raped as a teenager, uh, you know, a cancer survivor. I was a single mom for a long time, um, had a string of bad, just kind of not even that they were bad relationships. They just weren't godly, you know? So I was giving a piece of myself away all of the time. And I, and for those of you who know my testimony, which I've shared openly and, and, and is it is all in my first book, Prodigal Daughter. Um, you kind of know and understand that my journey is one in which I definitely find my encouragement in the word of God. Like that's, that's, you gotta, it, it's, it's the place of change for you. It's the place of growth for you. It, it, it's the place of encouragement. It's the place of self-worth. It's the place of identity, you know? And um, if you're not reading it enough, man, you start feeling like you're really thirsty in a dry desert, you know? But the second you read it, right, Christine, it's like the second you jump back in to the word, it's like you jump back into the onto the lifeline. I, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, I will abide in you and you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do no good thing. So there's a lot of reason, you know, to stay uh, connected to the vine of life, which is Christ and the word of God. Right. Right. And I love what you're saying with the, just that we have the Holy Spirit who is our helper. He is our comforter, not things, not not possessions, not a rep, our reputation, but he is. So I think it's that in partnership with the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? Him breathing life into the words and, you know, drawing your heart away as well. Totally. Yeah, totally. I, I want to move on to the next indicator that you're dealing with a demonically empowered spirit of rejection. Um, and when I, what I, when I say that, I mean, a spirit that's really controlling you, a spirit that's really residing in some emotional brokenness that you have, um, that you need to really get healed. You need to look at it. You know, one of the greatest things you can do is be real with yourself. You know, that for me, that's the cornerstone of my, my relationship with the Lord is, hey, God, let me always be real with you and real with myself. Because at the end of the day, I can't hide from the Lord. You know, he knows me. And you can't hide from your father who created you. He knows you too. And he's just waiting for you to want to know you enough to just be real about where you are with him, you know? So the next indicator would be, and this is a crazy one, and I get this one too, you feel rejected if you're not greeted or acknowledged by leadership. That's an interesting one, that you actually feel a spirit of rejection if you're not greeted or acknowledged by leadership, if you're not greeted or recognized by people in authority um, or in positions, uh, maybe positions you put them in, you know, platforms you have them placed on, right? That's, have you ever felt this? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yet again, like this indicator, yeah. it's, it's an indicator that something is off. Like, why do I need the affirmation of someone I don't even know? You know what I mean? Like if it, it, it if, if I'm grasping for the affirmation of others, it means that I'm not affirmed in the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And like, yeah. and I think we all struggle with that. You know, it could be someone in leadership at the church, or like you said, it could be someone that you really look up to. And if they overlook you, your life is a wreck. I don't know. Like it's totally relatable. For, that's yeah. all I'm saying. 
Yeah, no, it is relatable to me too. It's like, I think about, you know, times where I felt slighted or less than because someone in a position of authority or leadership or status doesn't acknowledge me, you know? And, and I think what it taps into for me is the little girl that doesn't feel acknowledged or recognized. Um, you know, the little girl that is still maybe um, was broken in the area of um, confidence, self-esteem, goes back to your self-worth. I mean, yeah. isn't it, this stuff is, it, I mean, it, you guys, when you really think about it, this stuff really lines up and connects. If you, if there's no amount of encouragement, that's enough to convince you of your worth, right? If you feel like you missed out on life's opportunities and now it's too late. If you find yourself comparing yourself to others or situations that you're in with other people and you never seem to feel like you measure up, it's so obvious that you're going to feel rejected if you're not greeted and, and acknowledged by leadership, right? Because yeah. you've got the problem. <laughs> the problem right. inside and here, it's in your heart. It, it, it's, it's a problem with your own identity and self-worth. Right. Yeah. Right. I love those people that you see sometimes, Christine, it's like, they're just always happy and always confident, no matter what's going right. on. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to be that person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith because mm -hmm. it takes a lot of faith to go. I am where I'm supposed to be. God's got a plan for me. It's not too late. My next chapter can be greater than the former ones. And I'm grateful just to be here today. And I don't yeah. care who acknowledges me. I know what my name is. You know, right. I, my, my mom, my mom um, used to always say, you don't need to wear logos on your clothes or on your handbag. Don't you know your name? But she, she, was, making, <laughs> she was making a point, you know, yeah. she was making a really good point. And because of that, I'd like to think that at this point in my life, things don't own me. I may own them, mm -hmm. you know, but they don't own right. me. Right. Right. And you also mentioned something I think that is so important. You said, I'm grateful for today. And I think like, that's huge. Like yeah. being grateful and thankful that you can breathe, that you're, I mean, just the, the day in, day out things that I'm like, I, I think, okay, no one get like, don't come at me. But sometimes I do think that a lot of these mentalities that we're talking about can often be fueled by a sense of entitlement or a sense of like just being ungrateful for what you have, that you have a roof over your head, that you may or may, you know, you have a parent, a loving parent or a spouse or kids, or even just the mere fact that you can breathe and talk or you have all your limbs. Like there's so much to be thankful for that the Lord blesses us with day in, day out that I know for myself, if I get to this, well, I don't have that. Well, I don't have this, this or that. I, I forget about what I have now, which I mean, I'm overflowing when I sit down and think about it, you know, and it's not just things, it's people, it's relationships. It's, you know, the, if anything, the fact that Jesus died for you and I, yeah. that's enough, you know? Yeah. Well, right. Gratitude is so powerful because, you know, I think about all the little bumper stickers, gratitude is the attitude, you know, and all this stuff. Uh -huh. But 
But it's it's true. When you're grateful, you don't have time to see lack. You only see what you have. You know, right. you, when you're grateful, I know my cup is half full. It's not half empty. I know that. My husband's healthy. My son is healthy. You know, I'm right. healthy. Um, you know, I've got another day to live the life I dreamed of, even though I may not feel like, you know, the dreams I had as a young girl, you know, are relevant anymore or important anymore. Or, But I really believe that every dream you've ever had and every thought you've ever had is important to God, you know, because every dream and every thought my son's ever had is important to me. You know, I'm his mom. You know, I, I'm aware of every little thing that he ever thought that he wanted. And I, I take it to heart and I think about it and, and, and I want him to walk in happiness, you know? So, I mean, if we knowing how to be good parents, you know, can, you know, love our children, how much more our father in heaven, as the scripture said, you know, um, have to believe he loves us in the same way, you know, where our thoughts and our dreams and our hopes and everything, it's important to him. And, if we're focused on, you know, feeling slighted or rejected, or if we're focused, if we're anywhere in a spirit like this, we're not in the spirit that brings the abundance to our life. Gratitude brings more abundance. I, I don't know about you, but like people want to be around you when you're grateful, right? Like you're positive. I want to be around Christina. She's positive. She encourages people. She's so grateful for what she has. Ooh, she's got so much. Like, it, it, I want to add to that. I want to be a part of that. I want, you know, I just, I think that it's, not only does it bring more abundance to your life, I, I also think that it just, it just draws more people to you, you know? And, and people are a blessing. You know, I, I think gratitude helps us even to see people as the blessing that they are. Because sometimes when we're focused on what we don't have and, and, and when we're feeling rejected, we're trying to strive to get something. I got to get that thing that's going to make me not be rejected. I got to get more attractive. I got to get more success. I got to get more money. I got to get more, more of the right friends. I got to get the right car. And you become so focused on that that demonically driven thing that now all of a sudden you're not even paying attention to the people in your life every day. Cause you don't have time because right. if you feel like you're out of time, you don't have time to take time for people. You know what I mean? I got to get it. I got to get a new car. I got to get a career together. I have things I got to do. I don't really have time for people. And I mean, as I, as I even share that, like what if God was that way with us? What if God didn't have time for you today? I mean, if God doesn't have time for me today, I'm not going to walk outside of the door because it could be all bad news. Right. <laughs> from the second I get in the car, you know? Yeah. I mean, everything that you're saying, though, I, I, I have to do this. I have to do that. Like, just think about that. Like, take a step back and be like, am I obsessing about myself? Ooh. And then, like, covering myself, making justifying with this shroud of, well, I'm a victim. Like it, it, when you really step back and think about it, I'm like, I don't want to be like that. And you're right. You don't have time to shine the light of Christ. You don't have time to love people. And, you know, we're called to love God and love people. And it's 100% impossible to love people if you can't even love yourself. 
that first and foremost. Second, if you're unwilling to give time to anyone because you're so consumed with yourself. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it makes me go, ugh, I'm not down with that. Uh, exactly. Exactly. God, so, you know, it's powerful to even talk about because you would like to think that it's not this easy to be walking in the flesh. <laughs> right. <laughs> you would like to think that, you know, you could walk in the spirit every day, all day. And, you know, I'm reading some of the comments coming in and Miche says, again, it's about ego. Let go of the ego and appreciate God's blessings and things feel better. It's true. You know, ego, ego, someone once told me stood, it stood for edging God out, E-G-O, edging mm -hmm. God out. And whenever I can feel my ego rise up in me, it'll make me respond nastily or angrily or disappointed. I'm always shooting the messenger if ego is driving. You're, you're like, you're always shooting the messenger in some situation. And you definitely have edged God out. You know, now it's become about, about pride, you know, and, and me, 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 I, I, I. And, and we live in a me, 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 I, I, I world. You know, everything, live your authentic life. Do you, boo? I think about all these little like things that have come out of Yeah. And you know what? In all honesty, every time I hear them, I find myself thinking, wow, that's just um, another way of what Alistair McCrawley, the big satanic devil worshiper, uh, do what thou wilt. You know, if you if you know anything about the worship of Satan, you know, and a lot of these cults and 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 how the enemy's moving in the world today, it's about it's about those slogans that come from the manuals that come from, uh, you know, hell. You know, Salombra Ingram, I love this Salombra. She writes, "Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up," and that's what matters. It's true, right? You know. Right. It's like you either humble yourself self or he will humble you. I'd rather willingly do it on the front end. <laughs> right. Right. Because pride goes before a fall. Right. And I think it's crazy that pride doesn't just look like, look at me. I'm so great. So I'm puffed up in pride. It, it really, the victimization thing that we're talking about really is the other side of the coin. It's more like, woe is me. Me, 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 me. I'm lacking, me, 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 just like what you said. So pride looks different in different situations. Yeah, it does. But it's all it's all pride. You know, and when I think about it, when I'm focused on others, I'm not focused on me, 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 I, I, I. So therefore, I'm out of the way so he, he, he can do what he wants to do for me, 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 and I, I, I. <laughs> you know, you ever notice like, when you're actually just busy being about God's business, mm -hmm. you look up and you go, oh, thank you. He handled my to-do list. Right, right. Every time. Every time. Yeah, every time. You know, when we're about, when we're about his business, he's about our business. And I've always said that my whole life. 
you know, and, and I, now I'm realizing that so much of what we say, you know, I, I, I reached a point in my life and I want all of you to, to, to already be there or to reach it today where it's not about what you say anymore. It's actually about what you do and how you're incorporating what you've heard or said into your daily routine, you know, into your daily actions. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's really that that's when your relationship becomes powerfully successful. That's when you become powerfully victorious is when it becomes so much less about your talk and all about your walk. Mm-hmm. Right. It's also way more impactful to the people around you. You know, we're, we're called to be um, like witnesses of the kingdom of the gospel. And there's a lot of talk. We live in a world where you can just hop on anywhere and just share your thoughts. But I think it really comes down to like what you're saying, living it out is so powerful. Living out your walk is so powerful. And when you're about just doing that, he does all the work. It's not like you have to try to do anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to do anything that, that if you actually really, stop right now today and think about how powerful that is. The greatest friendship and the greatest relationship you can have in your entire life is one in which you don't have to do anything. You just have to be you, the best part of you that you can be. And that that's really, I mean, for those of us who are married, I know for you, Christina, CJ loves you that way. You know, I know that, yeah, I know that Roger loves me that way. And when I choose to be the best part of me that I can be, it's just really a lot better for him. But he still, right. but he still loves me. Right? Right. Gosh. And I, I think about our father in heaven, you know, and how he loves us and, and deals with our constant deficiencies. You know, right. our constant daily deficiencies. So I want to, I want to hit point number five and then next week we'll, we'll, we'll finish up, you know, the, the last part of this conversation, but I think this will be a good place to, and I, and honestly, I rather than when I feel like there's something important, I'd rather take the time on it than rush through it. And I think these mocking enemies that tell us we're not worth anything, these spirits of rejection that get us on a treadmill of low self-esteem, low self-worth, nobody loves me, I don't fit in, no one wants me, I'm not valuable. I think it's so critical as a believer to defeat and overcome this stuff because it is stealing your life. It can steal the calling of your life. You talk about not having enough time. What you don't have time for is this, this spirit in your life. So if any of these indicators are making sense to you, it's time to deal with it, you know, and and it and it's really time to dive all into it to recognize it and confront it and get healed of it. And that's what we're going through um, last week and this week because we're needed in the world today. You know, Christina Reynolds is needed in the world today. I'm needed in the world today. Not my stuff, 
But the part of me that loves the Lord, that has had many authentic experiences with him, the part of me that knows that he's saved me for a purpose, that he's rescued me time after time, and that he's shown me love and mercy and grace in spite of my, God, mediocrity a lot of times, my spiritual mediocrity. You know, we're needed because we're, we're needed because we're willing to share Christ in this, you know, we're willing to shine the light of Christ and be transparent about how the light of Christ is supposed to be moving and working in us so that we can help you understand how he should be moving and working in you, you know? So I want to just touch this last point really quickly, Christina, um, you constantly seek the approval of others and suffer from people pleasing. And this is a great fifth indicator that you may be dealing with a very demonically empowered spirit of rejection. When you constantly seek the approval of others and suffer from people pleasing, we were created to love and serve the Lord, not people. We do not need a like, a thumbs up, an affirmation, a follow from anybody. We need the approval of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I promise you, there are those of you who will come across this video and come across the sound of my voice and you know who you are and you are seeking the approval of other people every day. You're seeking it in striving to dress a certain way, walk a certain way, have a certain job, have a certain career. You're, you, you suffer from trying to please all of the wrong people. Most of you, a lot of you who are Christians, you're trying to please secular people or lost people who don't even know Christ the way you do. There are some of us who have tasted and seen that he is good. We've had mountaintop experiences with the Lord Jesus where we know God is real. But if you're seeking to please others, anybody, believer or non-believer, you're in a dangerous place because you are you are just as worthy. You are just as important. You are just as valuable. You have just as much to offer as the people you're seeking to please. In fact, if those people don't know Christ and you do, and you're seeking to please them, you're crazy because they need to know Jesus, which means they need to be seeking you. They need to be seeking the approval of God and you need to be offering them God, Christ in you so that they can actually get their own lives together. See, you've fallen into a strong form of idolatry, in my opinion, when you're constantly seeking the approval of others and you suffer from people pleasing. You've just, you've put others in, in, in place of God. Christina, you have a... You pretty much just said it. That's the first thing I think of is when I'm striving to like make someone happy. And it's not just, and it's not like you want to, you want people to be happy around you, right? But this is talking about something completely different. When you're talking about idolatry, it's like, whoa, why are these people put in a position that only God should be, you know? And when I think about that, 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 um, that swirl of people pleasing. Cause I was there. Oh my gosh. I feel like when you're younger and you're, you're figuring these things out, it's like, 
all of these things are relatable because <laughs> you just you just yeah. don't know any better. Um, yeah. But it really it's almost like all consuming. It's like a black hole. You will never get out of it, and it'll it'll never amount to anything because there's always someone else to please. You know. Yes. So it's like this hamster wheel of this vicious cycle of there will always be someone else. But yeah. what's really interesting is that I've been kind of like mentoring like um, uh, the, a friend. She's she's in high school and right now as she's you know kind of taking that transition from high school to college that this big issue that keeps coming up is living a life of obligation feeling like you it, it is a form of people pleasing where you do things because you feel obligated oh i have to do this first and do because you know she asked me to and i can't say no or it, it is a form of people pleasing but what i think is interesting is that living a life of people pleasing will only you will grow in resentment bitterness and anger and rage but you keep it stuffed and there's going to be a day when it will explode, you know? So just say no, learn to say no now <laughs> and skip true. that part. It's so, true. you know what? It's true. It's really true. It, gosh, that's so well said, Christina, because you're right. I mean, that's the, that's the danger zone of this also is that eventually if you're not pleasing God, which will, cause you to set boundaries for yourself. It'll cause you to please yourself, but not in the way that the world calls it. See, the world pleases itself and it's fleshly. When you're pleasing yourself, it's because you've checked in with God and you know what you're supposed to be doing today. And when something comes along, even a person that you love a lot or you like a lot or you admire, whatever, and they say, hey, I could you do this? You're like, I love you, but no, I can't because I need to do this today. And the reality is that if there are real people in your life that God placed there, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> they understand your boundaries. They understand, oh, well, Christina had to say no because of X, Y, and Z. Okay. You know, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up here next week, you know, as we move on through this. But as we close it off today, I just really want to encourage you to Think about these five that we we've we've started today, and uh, Anna, I don't know if you can list them from your director booth in the sky on on the screen here, but really think about these five points this week and next week when we get together. I'd love for you to write in any sort of breakthrough or praise report that you've had because we love to hear from you. And um, when we come to the end of uh, spending time on a really big topic, I'd like to really start to check in with all of you guys. Um, so log your comments, log them at Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel. If you're watching this um, on a re-airing um, or you can write them in live, of course, um, we want to we want to hear from you. So Christina, thank you. This is great. Yeah, it's a really it's good reminder. <laughs> I know, I know it was, and and I it it makes me think about how how powerfully wonderful you are on the sessions. For those of you who watch the sessions uh, on TBN, um, you can find out all this information at cynthiagarrett.org. But um, it's just always a blessing to be able to be with you and you know just mm -hmm. kind of talk through stuff. So thank you oh, for same. taking the time. Yeah, thank you. All right, you guys, you've been a part of another Girl Club Week. I hope you have a very blessed rest of your week. I'm Cynthia Garrett, and from um, myself and Christina Reynolds here at Girl Club, peace out.
<laughs> bye, guys. Oh, bye, bye. Hello, hello. Quinny's Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's Word, one verse at a time, to explore His will for your life and desire to draw closer to Him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search Your Daily Bible Verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.